0: It takes more than completing ticket number 666 on Halloween by accident to be a great software engineer. This is episode 329 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast, and I'm your host, Jameson Dance. And I'm your spooky ghost, Dave Smith. Ooh, the ghost of the host. Uh, (laughs) Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice show where we answer your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development and make belated references to Halloween because we we can't let it go. It's not late. It's just it's so good.
1: It's 51 weeks early.
0: Yeah. We just want the spirit to last the whole year. That's right. Do you want to thank our patrons? <laughs>
1: yeah, let's do it. We'd like to thank those that are contributing at the level that gets them a shout out every single week. They are Valentine at Datafold, Santa Hopar, Noah, Frazier, Logue, Kent C. Dodds, Meemster, Josh, Jenny Kim, Owen Shartle, Craig Motlin, I Love Mavis, The Stochastic Parrot, Alice Jost, That Was Cheating, Jameson, Lanfair... Will gwen gun logogoy queer n dol Ohio. Patreon.com.au. We're hiring. Ira Chan. Monkey Face Emoji. Jonathan King. Testing is documenting.org. Olatapafari. Will Angel with Rocket Chip Emoji, but Rocket Chip is hyphenated. <laughs> 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 Rangar, Nick Hathaway. Travis Sanders. Braden Keynes. John Grant. Cody Sale. Nick Kantar. And Philip John Basile. Thank you so much to those folks that are contributing. If you'd like to join them, you can go to softskills.audio and click the support us on Patreon button. And uh, if you give us enough money so that Jameson can buy a new pumpkin every week for his house mm. to keep the hot spirit of Halloween going all year long, then we will read your name aloud on this show every week. And if you contribute any dollar amount, we'll give you an invitation to our Slack community where you can have a great time and meet a bunch of like-minded, fun, silly, intelligent, and great-smelling people.
0: Mm-hmm. Slack is A-B testing that feature, and we've we've gotten in on it. Yeah. The smell. <laughs> We're in the treatment status. group. Status. This episode is sponsored by Compiler, which is an original podcast from Red Hat devoted to simplifying tech topics and providing insight for a new generation of IT professionals. You can hear more about them in the middle of the show. Thank you to Compiler for sponsoring. You want to read our first question, Dave? You bet I do. All right. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, I'm a few months into my
1: first full-time job, and the learning curve is immense. I feel like I'm falling behind and not keeping up with my work, as well as not understanding things that should be simple. I often feel I am wasting time on a lot of work that I do. How do I know if this is just an anxious feeling or if I am legitimately falling behind?
0: Yeah, you could. So you could feel like you're falling behind or not feel like you're falling behind, and you could, in reality, be falling behind and in reality not be falling behind. Ah, oh, yes. A you're two, wondering. You have a two by I, two
1: truth table. Which quadrant am
0: I in? Yeah, exactly. I, so, clearly feel like I'm falling behind, but I might actually...
1: Right. So, that one, you're in that row. Now, which column are you yeah. in? <laughs> it's a coin toss. 50-50. <laughs>
0: Just, yeah. Flip a coin and then act As if. As if yeah. Exactly. Whatever it tells you. You are not falling behind. Oh, good. Phew. Yeah. Not keeping up with work, not understanding things that should be simple. I will ask questions that I cannot get answers to, but what... What evidence do you have that you are falling behind? Learning curve is immense. That makes quite a bit of sense to me as a first full-time job. Even in a new job, the learning curve can be immense when it's not the first full-time job. Yeah. So yeah, there, there can be a bit of a, a shock because you're learning all the stuff that's specific to your company and all the stuff that is kind of more generic about having a job uh, as a software developer as well.
1: I think I think you could answer this question that you just asked pretty reliably, which is, what is your evidence that you're falling behind? And it is a looming, growing sense of existential dread lurking above your head. And what more evidence do you need? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got to where I am today by paying attention to my gut. And my gut tells me I'm falling behind because I feel bad. This feels like a good case to pull out the old... Talk to your manager advice? That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> oh, quit your job <laughs> <Yeah>. advice?
1: <laughs> Pull out the old quit your job.
0: Yep. No. You're definitely no, behind. No, I think this has a... <laughs> <laughs> <You've stopped laughs> your working. only choice is to get out of there <laughs> you've stopped before working they completely. realize it. Now you've settled the question.
1: <laughs> is this just a feeling yeah. or am I legitimately falling behind? You are now behind. Question answered.
0: <laughs> your Your manager should have some idea of whether they think you are falling behind or not and and again there's still like there's this maybe impossible to define actual objective standard of falling behind your manager thinking you are falling behind is a pretty decent proxy for that in terms of like impact on your career yeah so they might not know what you do but also that'll tell you more than just the feeling of existential dread that you have hanging over you
1: this is the question that no one wants to ask their manager Hey, manager, am I falling behind? Well, you know, I
0: didn't think so until yeah. you asked this question. It's weird you have enough time to think about that. <laughs> it's weird you're not so busy that yeah. you just can't even stop to consider.
1: Yeah. huh? I'm going to be watching you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I, have, I actually have a, a suggestion for how to word that question in such a way that it doesn't plant a seed of... Concern in your manager's mind. Tell me. Well, it's pretty normal. It says a few months into your job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume we're like 90 days in. It's pretty normal mm-hmm. to sit down with your manager and say, "Hey, I've been here 90 days. I'm having a great time. Love the team. Love the leadership on the team. Just, you know, you got to insert a little brown nosing in there, a little butt kissing. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd like to get some candid feedback on how I'm doing in my first 90 days. You know, am I performing up to your expectations? Is there any areas for improvement? You know, and and just throw that question out there that way instead of instead of implicitly anchoring the conversation around whether or not you're doing bad, because hmm. what you'll hear in response to a question of, "Hey, I'd like to check in after 90 days and get feedback on my work," is you might actually get some positive feedback, like, "Hey, I've been very happy with how fast you've ramped up," you know. But if all you do is say, "I want to know how bad I'm doing," on a scale of yeah. zero to bad. <laughs> You know, you're just going to get discussions about whether it's bad or not. So I wouldn't use that.
0: Yeah. Maybe after you get into it, you could say like, thank you for the feedback about all those things. What about, what about the the amount of output? Are you? Yeah, exactly. If you don't get the answer. You said like you can sneak it in. Yeah. If all they do is talk about your, your shining personality and you're like, yeah, but I could still be falling behind. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and to be fair, I have been in this situation before. The bigger the company, for me, the the harder it is to ramp up. Or, or stated more, more empirically, the higher the effort to come up to speed and be productive. I found because it's just more mm-hmm. to know. And um, after about six weeks, I sat down with a more senior engineer and said, "Hey, is it normal to feel completely unproductive after six weeks?" And he just looked at me. The other engineer looked at me and just laughed and said, "It's normal to feel that way after twelve weeks." And I was like, "Oh, I don't feel so bad." <laughs>
0: well good uh see ya (laughs) yeah not not that i'm feeling unproductive yeah no i was asking for a friend (laughs) yeah (laughs) not understanding things that should be simple yeah not keeping up with my work so that could be a bunch of things that could be you being uh not as experienced at estimating or or maybe not yet learning that it's always longer than you think kind of thing Mm -hmm. like what does ki- keeping up mean? Is this, is this you not hitting self-imposed timelines? Maybe there's something to improve on there? If there are external deadlines, then then that tells you something else. but uh, then, then it's more about well, what do I need to change to meet those not How do I give more accurate estimates? Not understanding things that should be simple. Yeah, I wonder about I
1: wonder about that. You know as someone who's brand new to the field, it's probably very hard to calibrate um, what you think should be simple. Because in software, I think what, if I've learned anything in the last 20 some odd years, is that things that look simple on the surface can often be very complex.
0: Yeah. I I wonder if this is about comparing themselves to how it appears other people they work with understand these things. Like... Oh, sub subsystem X. I can't even begin to fathom what it does, and someone else has yeah. been working on it for like five years. Right, right.
1: I was just thinking they were given a task to vertically center a div.
0: <laughs> it's, it's getting easier all the time, Dave. As I know. CSS standards. All evolve. you
1: have to do is learn this whole new CSS framework.
0: Yeah. Hey, remember flexbox? Yeah, that's like it now, right? now. Now <laughs> learn grid <Yeah>. as well. <laughs>
1: And on top of all the other CSS basics, look, it'll be fine. Wait a minute. Maybe you feel like you're falling behind because every developer is falling behind as technology (laughs) gets more and more complex.
0: You could, okay, here's what you could do. You could project this outward and say, it is the world's fault that this stuff is not simple enough for me to understand. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, look, everybody, there's this complicated thing here. and, And I'm super smart. Clearly, I should be able to understand hard stuff. And I still don't get it. How do we make it simpler? And that's where you go, I don't know. I can't even understand it. How could I make it any simpler? (laughs) (laughs) Wasting time on a lot of work that I do. We just all accept the fate that we're doomed. Yeah, I wonder if this is a big company thing because I feel like there's a lot of ways to waste time trying to get things done in a big company Mm -hmm. that isn't related to the skill of doing the thing. It's like, oh, you got to connect to this secret VPN that is hidden inside a... Uh, a wardrobe that needs like this poem recited to connect to it or something. There's just all these weird access things to get through. But if it is like I need to vertically center a div, I don't know anything about CSS. I could see that being, maybe it feels like wasting time because you have to build up so much background knowledge and context to understand.
1: Yeah, you can imagine that's true of every single task when you're at a new company for your first full-time software development job every task has all this stuff you have to learn behind the scenes because undoubtedly whatever training you came into this company with did not prepare you for the specifics of the application you're working on. And so yeah. you're like, Oh, I actually don't know how to add a string to the end of a string in this language. Well, I'm going to spend 20 minutes making sure I understand that. Okay. You know, now, <laughs> you know, what's the next thing? And it's like 10 more things yeah. like that. And you're like, all right, I made a button.
0: Yeah. So, for this one, I would try and pay attention to the more senior folks on the team and try and look at what kind of patterns they use for thinking about solving problems. Not just look at what they know that you don't know, because you can't really transplant that knowledge into your head. That just comes through experience. But but often there will be kind of generic things that aren't know this system well that might help you save time, like... um I don't know, maybe maybe you write a test first and that's very helpful in this problem, something like that. Maybe you write a design doc to help yourself understand the thing and make sure you get feedback on it. Or maybe Yeah, learn. Know, I'm you... trying to think of good what what good patterns would be off the top of my head and failing. But they're
1: they're there, I'm sure. Well, I know a good pattern you should probably think about. What? To type exactly what you're seeing on the screen into Stack Overflow and then get ready with your copy and paste <laughs> button.
0: <laughs> it is interesting. I feel like I, maybe it's telling me something that I don't dwell on stack overflow as much anymore. I need to branch out more into less familiar territory.
1: Or maybe it means you just already know everything.
0: Yeah. That's probably it. That seems <laughs> less, <laughs> that seems much <laughs>
1: less likely. <laughs> <laughs> Have we answered this question? I, I don't know. I mean, it's so without more detail, we of course can't give specific advice here, but it is very normal for your first job for the first 90 days to feel unproductive. I will say that. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And so if you really want to know if you're productive or not, you just have to ask the people around you because chances are there's a whole bunch of activity going on that you just can't see or understand yet because you just don't have the context for it, you know? Yeah. But it'll come in time, and uh, it's normal to be slow when you're learning. So I wouldn't beat yourself up about it too bad, but there is a chance that you are actually falling behind and performing badly, in in which case it would be very good to know and then get concrete steps to move uh toward improving that. So, yeah. You you would not it would not be fun to be blindsided by that. You know. Yeah. Well, after 6 months, we've decided. And by the way, we didn't tell you this at all. But we've decided you're too slow to work here. <laughs> uh
0: Yeah, I guess that's the good point about uh you know where you aren't in that truth table, which is you're not in the totally falling behind, totally thinks you're not falling behind. Right.
1: That's the most dangerous place to be.
0: Yeah, that's where you get blindsided. You
1: can eliminate that one. Yep. Jameson, have you heard about that podcast from Red Hat called Compiler?
0: I want to paint you a mind picture. Imagine a podcast about technical stuff. Oh. A podcast with shining amazing production value and interstitial music and expensive NPR quality microphones and interesting knowledgeable guests. So nothing like
1: our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) In some some ways,
0: (laughs) our our inverse. (laughs) All of these things
1: are true. Compiler comes to you from the makers of Command Line Heroes and is hosted by Angela Andrews and Brent Simino.
0: Yeah. I've listened to a bunch of their episodes. One of them I checked out was on technology stacks. And it was kind of a breadth-first overview of front-end and databases and back-end and all the different layers that go into building
1: applications. It was great. This series in particular was a really good foundational intro for someone who wants to understand the world of software development outside their niche. For me, I like the episode on operating systems, specifically where they dive into the difference between user space and kernel space.
0: If this sounds interesting to you, and it should, then go listen to Compiler in your favorite podcast player. We'll also have a link in the show notes that you can check out. Thank you to Compiler for your support. All right. All right. (laughs) Should I read our next question? (laughs) Go for it. Okay, this is from an anonymous listener who says, I am currently a staff engineer and have a career goal to move into management. I have been with my current employer for 15 plus years and positions to promote into management just don't come up. The tech I work with is not very technical. There's no coding and it's incredibly specialized. I have applied and interviewed for manager positions outside of my team and company. And I get the same feedback that I'm well qualified, but there is someone with previous manager experience that beats me. I see it being forever, if not impossible, to get a manager position due to people needing to retire, etc. If I go to another engineering position, I feel like I would need to start over in a junior spot. What other options do I have? Okay. Hmm. Interesting.
1: So we'll have to... Okay.
0: 15 years.
1: Yeah. Long
0: time. Yeah. Really long. was a long time at, at one company.
1: Yeah. In this day and age, very, very long time. Okay. I'm trying not to say what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, it, it, there is, like the cynical side of me wants to, wants to say something that's not very encouraging.
0: What, like, like they're, they're correct or something like that? They're right. You aren't a good fit.
1: I, I mean, I think, man, having, having accumulated 15 years of experience in a not very technical, no coding, highly specialized, not transferable skill set will be a headwind. In your career search, I think hmm. I'm very concerned about that. Yeah, I don't think it's insurmountable, but boy, that is very challenging. When you when you look at yourself on the job market, and I'm just kind of writing off your own company as a as a career advancement opportunity, just based on what's been said here in the question, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like getting promoted at this place is not an option.
1: Yeah. So assuming assuming that's not an option, then I really do worry that you. You may have to start over at a junior spot, like, but not not super
0: junior, though. You're saying before you move into management, you need to go work as an engineer somewhere else? Maybe. As a developer somewhere else?
1: Yeah, in, in my experience, I, I don't think I've ever seen someone hire an outside candidate to be an engineering manager who has no management experience. But I see all the time internal promotions to manager or you know, I don't even want to say promotion necessarily but I've seen people change tracks internal to a company from individual contributor to engineering manager. I've seen that a dozen times yeah. probably. But I've seen zero instances of a company being willing to hire someone into a management role that has no management experience. Is that just a unique perspective on my part or do you think have you seen otherwise?
0: No, I've I've seen the same thing that it's it's I think we've talked about this before it's sort of like the breaking into the field as a developer thing where it's really hard to get that first job and then once you have the first job everyone wants to hire a junior developer who has already worked somewhere else Mm -hmm. but getting that first job can be tricky i think that's definitely true of, of management as well i get the same feedback that i'm well qualified there's someone with previous manager experience that beats me so part of me thinks that it's hard enough. I have been in the position of trying to hire an engineering manager and it's it's really hard to find great EMs. It feels harder than to hire great developers. Maybe it's just because the population is, is smaller in general, but I, I feel like that works in your favor in a way because that means there might be more willingness to look at non-traditional backgrounds where you haven't been an engineering manager directly But maybe you can present the work that you've done as a staff engineer in in a way that relates it to the job of an engineering manager. So maybe you, I don't know, maybe you've been responsible for a roadmap or something. Um, Or maybe you've mentored a lot of developers or maybe you've you've helped make hiring decisions and helped build a team that way and stuff. Like there's some things that you won't have done and and you won't be able to say, I have managed a team of N people for... Mm -hmm. M number of years but you can say i've i've done this subset of the job in this way for this long to make it seem like you're you're not just like fresh off the street like you have some of the skills
1: yeah yeah that's a really good point because you could you could probably break down the management responsibilities into what like 8 10 12 different responsibilities and you may very well be able to demonstrate that you have some experience on a good number of those even if you haven't been handed officially the title and that, that'd be a good growth mindset approach to this problem i think
0: yeah, I feel kind of flippant saying this, but I part of me wants to say keep interviewing and and eventually it'll <laughs> it'll work. Uh, There's possibility. Well qualified. There's yeah. some of previous manager experience that beats me. You you
1: might find a flexible, small early stage startup that's willing to take a risk on someone, you know, and and you might you might be yeah. able to create a win win situation where you say, look, I understand you're taking a risk. I'm willing to take an offer that. Others might not be willing to take because to me, it's valuable to get into this management position.
0: Yeah. Forever, if not impossible to get a manager position due to people needing to retire. You need to start all over. Yeah. I, I think there is a possibility. I guess I'm kind of ignoring the fact that the technical experience is kind of niche.
1: Yeah, And I wouldn't discount your technical experience as an engineering manager. And the fact that you're a staff engineer now tells me that you've actually been doing a bunch of leadership already. Yeah. Now I've flipped from cynic to hopeless optimist. <laughs> I have another idea to consider. What is it? Well, I, I touched on this briefly, but to get a little more concrete, you are a staff engineer. Now I'm going to assume that that means that you have a people manager that you and your team report to, but that you are also responsible for leading this team, at least in part. And so maybe you could partner with your with your people manager To perform certain duties that are management adjacent, that are close enough that you could declare honestly to a prospective employer that you are indeed experienced in engineering management. You know, things like helping with performance appraisals, things with conducting promotion assessments... Things like, well, I can't think of any other examples, but those are two, like, <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are two places. There's probably more where, to it, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, imagine. The possibilities are endless. But <laughs> if you partner very closely with your engineering manager, you can often offload some of their work and also support them. And it really does create a win-win. And I did this for several years when I was in an individual contributor capacity. I worked very closely with engineering managers at multiple levels, and they simultaneously really appreciated it and it gave me essentially management experience and actually it was quite it was really quite nice because i got the experience but didn't have all the responsibility hanging over my head
0: so that's kind of the flip side of of find a way to express the experience that you already have through a lens of management you're saying find a way to nudge your job a little bit yeah. closer towards some of the work of management
1: yeah do some job crafting now
0: i do think though
1: that yeah <laughs> You are still going to have the headwind of, of having spent 15 years on a not coding, not very technical job. I'm going to assume you're doing like architecture and systems design and things like that, which is also applicable. And so I don't really know how to overcome that. And and it could very well be that you end up needing to get a technical lead kind of position at another company where you can then yeah. transition in that company into management. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to have to start over from a junior engineer spot which is what the, the question asker was concerned about
0: yeah i'm I'm also assuming that it hasn't necessarily been the whole 15 plus years that they have not written code and worked on this not very technical incredibly specialized stack maybe that's a more recent thing mm-hmm. and they have some previous base of experience in the trenches with with hands on the keyboard typing out code it just hasn't happened as much recently Mm-hmm. I mean, there are engineering manager interviews that don't get deep into the technical side of it. Yeah, it depends on the place. There's different philosophies of how strong of a developer an engineering manager should be. Yeah, there's
1: wildly different differing philosophies, which will work to your advantage because you'll be able to find people that.
0: Yeah, yeah, you'll be able to find somewhere where that's okay because you're not supposed to be on the forefront of writing the production code.
1: Yeah, exactly. So could work out well.
0: Well, have we answered the question?
1: I think so. It's a challenging situation, probably doable, going to have to get
0: creative to make it work because you're not on the water slide. Speaking of get creative, there's an avenue we haven't explored, which is it's impossible for me to get a manager position at this place due to people needing to retire. And you could you got a parent trap them into retirement. You have to (laughs) do hijinks until you force people into retirement to open up spots.
1: (laughs) You got something in mind?
0: No, uh I don't know, bees. I feel like there's always bees involved in hijinks. <laughs> there's something there about uh it being easier to find these opportunities at a place that's growing a lot. Yeah. If it's if it's not expanding, then you are kind of limited by the slots opening up. But if, if a company is growing quite a bit, then they're always kind of desperate for ways to scale out teams. Mm-hmm. So get maybe get a job at a company that's growing fast. Yeah. As a that's as a, good a
1: point way. You're saying find someone desperate enough that they won't actually look at your experience. Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> no, just like, I don't know. You mentioned a, a tech lead or team lead role. If you can find that or a senior individual contributor role at a company that's growing quite a bit, I feel like raising your hand and saying, I want to move into management will could go better there because there are a lot more spots opening up. It's not limited by people moving out of those spots. That's right. More of them are being created.
1: The beautiful thing about joining a super fast growing company is that there will be opportunities to do engineering management kind of things just because there's no one doing them
0: yeah it's it's just chaos
1: yeah it's total chaos and you can leverage that chaos for your own good and then pretty soon you can say after six months of doing that like hey i've essentially been doing engineering management work why don't we just go ahead and give me the title and they'll be like no problem let me
0: call hr okay it's done (laughs)
1: you know yeah yay verily you are an engineering manager
0: all right now i think we've answered the question Good call. What should people do if they would like their own questions answered?
1: Go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button where you can submit in our wonderful form all your questions. And thank you so much to everyone who does that. We love reading your questions. There are many of them. And the more there are, the more my self-esteem just goes
0: up. (laughs) Keep it coming. Does that include the answered ones? Like if we get through the backlog a little bit, does your self-esteem go down?
1: Yeah, it's a perverse incentive. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah okay so if we just stop answering them and let them build up that'll really that'll turn you around
1: that that'll be good for this shareholder meeting but it won't be good for the next one when people (laughs) it's it's a good short-term value you know yeah it's like running a modern public corporation always looking for that quick win At the expense of long-term.
0: You need a golden parachute somehow out of the podcast. Yeah, definitely. There's something
1: there. Yeah.
0: Leave it to the next person. Yeah. Walk away with your huge bonus.
1: Right. I'll walk away with millions. You'll inherit. Whoever's next will just inherit a massive pile. And uh, everyone wins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening. We will catch you next week.